You think that scene was hot. Wait till she has to tell Joseph. In fact, it sets us up for a series I want to speak with you in the month of December and write it down. It's called Fresh Eyes. A, a new way of looking at the Christmas season. Fresh Eyes. In fact, if you'll help me, I, I'm, I think we have a, a few technical difficulties, so I'm going to need you to use your, uh, your cell Bibles or your paper Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. By the way, that was, that was my niece playing Mary. And yes, it's appropriate for you to do this for me today because it'll help me get along quicker. Look, 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 um, and use your imagination. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Have you found it? Say yes if you found it. Turn to your neighbor and say, may God give you fresh eyes. Now in the sixth month, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth and a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David and the virgin's name was Mary and coming in he saw her greetings highly favored one the Lord is with you but she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering, what kind of salutation is this? The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you, sh and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end Mary said to the angel how can this be I'm a virgin and the angel answered and said to her the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you and for that reason, the holy child shall be called the son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who is called barren is now in her sixth month for nothing. Look at your neighbor says, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, he said the words I want you to get a hold of today. She said the words that I want you to hold in your heart today. And she said, behold, the bondservant of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. One more time, if you'll find somebody else's eyes, and, and say to them, I am the Lord's bondservant. May it be done to me.
according to the word of the Lord. And the house of the Lord said, Amen. I want you to check something out today as we look at this, the text of the scripture and as we consider this season. Um, I, I do want to ask you a question. Maybe you can help me. There was a series taken. What are the top 50, top 50 Christmas movies? And it came down to three. Now, I don't know what the demographics of this questionnaire I don't know that demographics, but check out what they said. When they voted, the top three were A Christmas Story, It's a Wonderful Life, Christmas Vacation. But I put one in myself. Planes, trains, and automobiles. I just don't know how many of you have ever seen that movie. Ask your neighbor, have you seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? If you've never seen planes, trains, and automobiles, you ought to make it a Christmas family tradition at some time to sit down together and watch that movie. Now, you have to excuse some of the language, but the movie is funny. So if I were to ask you to vote, which one of you would vote your number one Christmas movie, what would yours be? The who? The Grinch who stole Christmas? Oh, that was an interesting revelation. Of, of the movies listed, the top 50, check it out, the top 50 of the ones listed was Home Alone. Has anybody seen Home Alone? It's a story about eight-year-old, an eight-year-old, Kevin McAllister, who is accidentally left at home by his parents. And if you ask yourself, how are you going to leave a child while you go overseas? It's possible. Five boys and two girls in my family, and I promise you, it's possible to leave somebody. In fact, I told you all again and again how much we left Matthew, right? And, and in the movie, you know, there's such a corruption, and they wake up late, and they have to catch the plane, and they're running and packing, and, and they're all jamming to these vehicles, and they take off, and they get everybody on the plane. And when they're on the plane, Mama said, where's Kevin? Am I right? And so Kevin, when he wakes up, he is home alone. He had, <laughs> he had to convince, the author had to convince you that it's possible to do that. And he did, it very, he did it very well in the movie. And it's possible for us to forget things that are important. But what's kind of wild is when you think about that movie, how many times have you watched it? I'm, I'm, I'm just asking, how many times have you watched it? I mean, I'm at least on seven or eight. How many, how many, anybody more than seven or eight times you watched it? Isn't it amazing? Every time you look at the movie. Okay, so excuse me while I do a little creative preaching. See, now, when I'm talking about what I'm talking the court should become happy right now because it's really, yeah, there you go. Okay, right there. Thank you, Mr. Thank you. Okay. I'm trying to give you some creative license. Okay. You know, and, and so, so Kevin is, on one hand, he's angry. On the other hand, he's happy because he was the kid that always got in trouble, right? Well, when you watch that movie again and again, it's kind of amazing because 
once you watch it several times, you know, you, you look at it and you see different things that you didn't see. By four or five times, you miss the nuances. The nuances you missed when you first watched it now come alive. You know, like, when, the, when do the robbers show up? And uh, you, you start looking at um, facial expressions and you, you start seeing things that you normally would not see. When we watch it again and again and again, uh, it becomes so familiar, though, until sometimes some things you should see you don't see. It's, it's, a, it's like reading the Christmas story. So I'm asking you, how many Christmases have passed in your life? And how many times have you heard the Christmas story? Could you, can you count? I think it's possible that we could have read the story so many times that the plot twist, all the, the things that are packed in this story, you could possibly miss. We need the Lord, I'm asking the Lord, to help us see the story in new eyes, to look at it in a new light, so that every twist and turn, you'll begin to relate to the story as an answer for you, as a way of God speaking to you in this season about the way he works in your life. I think this Christmas season could be greatly impacted by your review of the story. And so I want you to bow your heads for just a few moments and ask the Lord to give you fresh eyes. Lord, help me to see what I normally couldn't see cause the movie to come alive in my imagination. Thank you for speaking to me about my life, our life. Thank you for giving me the freshness like a snow that happens. Give me freshness from your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. If we look at the Christmas story with fresh eyes, then it's likely that God could bring up something that could help us. You, you start asking yourself questions like, why isn't the Son of God? I mean, God's got connections. Why would he write the story and there's no room in the end? Really, God? I mean, nobody called Wikipedia? Come on, now. I mean, when you think about it, though, no, seriously, when you think about the story, if, if you were going to write the story, you probably wouldn't write it. I wouldn't have wrote the story of how God comes in the world. I wouldn't have wrote it that way. I wouldn't have orchestrated it that way. Now, I think God wants to... Uh, to do something in our lives during this season that changes us forever. When you think about the details of this story, it makes you ask yourself, man, there, there are all kinds of things that show up. You know, you got this scandalous pregnancy. You've got a husband betrothed who says, you know, I don't really think I want to do this. In fact, the Bible says about Joseph, I think I just put her away privately. You know, he doesn't know what he wants to deal with. And I'm not sure how you would have felt, sir, if the person you love with all your might and you're willing to commit your whole life and all your resources to her and, the, and be right before you're to get married, you find out she's carrying a child and you know that you did not shoplift the booty. Hello, somebody. Am I talking to you today? And so when you think about it, it's kind of interesting that God would orchestrate this. For Mary to say yes to God 
was for her to say yes to a whole set of circumstances that would change her life forever and would change the lives of her family and associates forever and would change the world forever. It's kind of interesting. And why, why the manger? First, I got no room in the inn, and now, not just a manger, a smelly manger in the midst of animals. I don't know why. Some of y'all from Georgia grew up in the country. I don't know if you know what it's like to be around an animal place. But how would, why would God write a story of bringing Jesus into the world in the midst of that, pardon me, stank? I think God had a reason. I wouldn't have wrote it that way. I'd have wrote it with grandiose circumstances, with great connections. I would have written it in the highest degree. God coming into the world. I, I would have written it that way. Probably you might have too. We wouldn't write the Christmas story that way, not the way God wrote it, because many times we don't agree with how God is writing our story. You start looking at the details of your life and my life, and you, you got to ask yourself some questions. There are plot twists in this story. Events and circumstances that happen in this story. Events and circumstances that happen in our lives. And the question is, have we come to grips with the twist in our life? There are, there are, there are plays in our life, acts and scenes that make you look up and wonder. Sometimes we say in our own life, man, this is not the way it's supposed to be. We start saying things like, man, I'm supposed to be rich by now. I should have graduated last year. I, I, I'm supposed to have my own business by now. Man, I'm supposed to have my law degree. I'm supposed to have my own firm set up. I'm supposed to be a parent by now. And no matter what I do, no matter what we've done, we can't seem to make that happen. Life has twists and turns like this story. I'm convinced God writes it this way to speak to you and to speak to me. Perhaps the reason why God does it is he knew our life, my life, would have its own ridiculous acts. When you ask yourself, like, what in the world is happening to me crazy the crazy cast of characters that God puts in our lives some of them are, main, are named mom and dad <laughs> some of them are main, named brother or sister some of them are named spouse or ex-spouse partner or ex-partner some of them are named my used to be best friend all kinds of things that happen to you and I really reflect or rather are reflected in the greatest story ever told. And that's why God wrote it this way because he knew, he knew that we would live in a broken world. We come in this place, our lives experience a broken world and our lives experience a kind of brokenness. And, and we're in process. And it does not always go according to plan. I mean, God, you're going to bring God, God, you're going to bring God, God, you're going to bring God into the world. And they ain't got no money, but they're traveling. 
God, you're going to let me be born to a, a family that's not well off. I'm fighting tooth and toenail to keep dollar and cents to provide needs. I find like, I find like I'm always a dollar short, a day late. The brokenness in our lives, broken relationships in our lives, missed opportunities in our lives are really reflected in the story, in this Christmas story. And I believe God wants to teach us something that will change us forever. And that's very simple, that you can trust God through your broken story. You can trust God with the process of your life. And I won't be before you long today. Just want to drop a thought in your heart. You can trust the Lord through the situations that have not come together, through the promises that are unfulfilled, and through the incidences that happen that leave you pain in pain, that leave you doubting, that leave you discouraged. See, the Christmas story is really, in some ways, everybody's story. So today... I'd like for us to hear from, some, from someone in the Christmas story who knows what it is to have some twists and turns in their life. This person knows exactly what it is to face drama. How many of you have been through drama? Raise your hand if you've been through drama in your life. Okay, I'm going to get more personal. How many of y'all went through drama this morning? You went through drama. You know, now, CBN and CBS, ABC, they capitalize on drama, right? They create drama that we can relate to. I'd like you to stick with me for a few more moments and let the Lord help you in the midst of whatever drama you're facing. In spite of all of this, in the middle of this uncertainty, this person I want to talk to you about is really a gift to you and a gift to me. In fact, my hope for you today is that you, you carry just a few words with you and when you speak these words, when you speak these words over your drama, your twist, your broken places, that God will actually minister to you. That actually speak to you as you speak what he says. Whatever you're facing, whatever changes you don't like, these words are going to bring you peace in the middle of your uncertainty, they're going to give you hope in the face of your fear, and they're going to give you new eyes so you can see your circumstance a lot differently. I, I do want to tell you, in fact, say this to your brother, your sister, God can be trusted. He is here, and he's on the move in your life. So in, in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 28, you, you know, um, um, this, the, the context of this is, if you could consider for 400 years, for 10 generations, there hasn't been any indication of the word of the Lord. And the people who need to hear God are just going through the motions. They go, if I can put it in our vernacular, they go to church because there ain't nothing else to do. They go through the rituals without any conscious presence of God. Sometimes it feels like Sunday mornings. 
But in the middle of this, there is a visitation to this young girl named Mary in verse 29. And she was so troubled because you would have been in trouble too if an angel would have showed up in your room. Look at your neighbor and say, show you right. If you don't believe it, look at the biblical account of, of what happens when angels come on the scene. Some of y'all would have said, I knew I shouldn't have smoked that last joint. I knew it. Some of you would say, I had, a, I, had cough, I had cough syrup and an aspirin and Coca-Cola at the same time. I wasn't picking on you. It just came on me. <laughs> the angel shows up and addresses Mary. Now, in the Bible, there are three miraculous announcements of special births. Today, it's popular to do what they call, I'm just learning this, reveals. Am I right? And they, you know, they're going to unveil whether the baby is a male or a female. Am I right? I'm sorry. Is that, am I, are you listening to me all right? Now, I think it's a little interesting because in a, in a world that wants to cross the differences between males and females, that there's such a, there's such a move to, to discover what sex the baby is before time. Ain't, ain't, ain't some, ain't some, something's, not un, something's unequal about that, right? In, in, in any case, Abraham and Sarah had a miraculous announcement. Zach and Liz, they had a miraculous announcement. And now Mary, here she is. But she's skeptical. And look how Mary responds when, when, the, when, when, when they ask her the question. Mary says, with the Son of God, she asks a very popular question. Tell me how that's going to happen. Since I've never known a man. I want to dispel anything in us that might have come against us. That God makes, God goes to great lengths to pin this fact in the scripture in such a way that there's no mistaking what he means. When he says she is a virgin, we could put it in several phrases that would congru be congruent with the scripture that you would understand. She's never been touched. Never been tapped. Never been fingered. I'm sorry for being so graphic this morning, but I just need you to help me just a little bit, okay? She doesn't know what that is. That life of her, that sexuality part of her life, she does not know. She has no experience. No experimentation. Look at your brother and sister. Do you understand what he's saying? Please act like you understand so you can move on. That she is a she is a biblical definition of what a virgin is. Look at your neighbor and say, it's better than virgin olive oil. Amen. And that's important for you and I to know because, because God's going to do something that for the ages to come. The greatest intellects in the world not been able to get around this fact. It's the seed of much of the unbelief of those who choose not to look at the record and believe the report. It's what makes Jesus who he is. God took painstaking efforts to find a little girl 
A girl who was strong enough, look at your sister, say strong enough. By the way, if you look at the meaning of her word, her name, her name means, has, it's a tribute to strength. I want to put it this way so you can understand. Strength through rebellion. She wasn't rebellious, but her name means somebody who stands up. God chose a girl who was strong enough to take the flack. Tough enough to take the criticism. God is awesome. And so he says that the angel says, the Holy Spirit, he says, I don't know, man, how this going to be? In other words, you need to show me how this is going to happen because it ain't going to happen the way others think it's going to happen. No, she's saying, no, I'm, I'm betrothed. I'm about to get married. Ain't no way. She knows it's an angel. She's per- the Bible uses the word, she's perplexed in her mind. Does it make sense in her brain? And I do want to say to you that when God starts moving on your life, he will move on your life beyond, above your logic. Look at your name and say, God can move above your logic. And so she says, Mary says, how can these, how can these things be seeing I am a virgin? And then the, the, the angel said, well, the Holy Spirit's going to, like, this is a real explanation, right? The Holy Spirit's going to come on you, upon you, and that which is born in you. Now, he didn't break it down in scientific terms. He didn't break down the chemistry. But he gave her the picture as best she could take it. He said, the Holy Spirit's going to over- overwhelm you, and that which is born in you is going to be the Son of God. Are you there, saints? It's an awesome thing. Thank you, Lord. So Mary, she's thinking, wow. Of all the crazy things that could ever happen to me, this, and yes, he says, yes, this will happen to you. What Mary understands is that this news When she understands this news, immediately this news puts her life in jeopardy. Because in those days, if you were a woman and unmarried and with a child, you'd have had to break in the law and you could be stoned for that. By the way, if we were living by the Old Testament Raise your hand and shame the devil. If we were living by the Old Testament, how many ladies would have been dead already? Look around, look around. Now, now clap your hands and thank God for the grace of God. Thank God for the grace of God. I, 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 can't, I can't get into all of this, but you got to applaud Mary and you got to applaud Joseph when you need the whole story. And we'll talk about him a little later. But listen, listen to this. She goes, she says, Lord, Lord, me? So, she's wondering in her mind, her mind is spinning, my eyes behold, my ears hear the voice, but what you're telling me doesn't make sense to my mind. But because I believe, see, you could, you could see her faith, because I believe the word of God has come to her. This is kind of awesome. If you look at verse 35 through 37, and don't look at it right now, you can look at it later. Here's what the Bible says. Mm. 
for nothing is impossible with God. I want you to repeat that to yourself. Nothing is impossible for God. Did you know that God gives us that phrase from the angel's mouth in the process of dealing with his servant? And he gives us that phrase for a reason. I'm giving you news that if it were totally up to you, would be impossible. But because I'm telling you what God Almighty says, nothing is impossible. Tap your neighbor, look him in the face, and nothing is impossible for what God says to you. Man, you, you know, one of the things that the Lord wants to do with this story is help us to trust him again. Trust him with the impossible. Trust him with your situations that just don't seem, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Trust him with what he says. Can I give you some of the things that God says? <laughs> well, before I give you some of the things that God says, check this out. Mary, when she hears all of this, this is what she says. And, and, and in the NSAB, it says, Behold, the bondservant of the Lord may it be done to me according to your word. And when you read that in the Amplified, it says, I, I, like the way, I like the way it's put. I am your servant. Take your eyes off the word right now and your hand on your own heart. I am your servant, Lord. This, this is what she did. I am your servant, Lord. So be it unto me according to your word. I am your servant, Lord, so be it unto me. In fact, what I want you to get a hold of, of these simple words is what I want you to speak over your broken situation this Christmas season, over the twists and turns that have come to your life. I, here's what I, want, I want you to rise above that and make a proclamation. The same words that Mary uses. I am your servant. What you're saying, what she was saying, no matter what's happening to me, I belong to you. Rise above what's, what's, what's coming after you or what you're wrestling with and make a proclamation. All the demons in hell that have been assigned around you, hear your mouth speak these words. They start trembling when they understand that what happened to Mary is about to happen to you because what comes out of your mouth is what came out of her mouth. I am your servant. You know, if you're not God's servant, maybe you should change that today. If you're not committed to serve him, no matter what, then maybe you should make a, consider changing your mind. Because the great things that God wants to do for you will require you to be bigger and better than you are right now. And being bigger and better than you are right now is not by your doing, but by your believing. She said, Lord, I am your servant. I don't, this is like, woo, this, this is too much for me. But I tell you what, since it's happening, Lord, I'm your servant. One more time. I am your servant. Come on, tell God. I'm your servant. And what that bothers some people because some people think of the word servant in a negative sense. 
When you think of servant in this context, what Mary is saying is, I am the one who represents you. I am the one that will do whatever you want me to do. I am the one who is under your care. I am the one that your hand is upon. I'm the one that you will care for, protect, no matter what happens. Because this is what you're telling me to do right now. You know what I got to do? I got to tell all them that, Lord, you want me to say that this child is of the Holy Ghost. Is this working? Yeah. That's what you want me to tell them? No matter what plot twists are happening in your life, no matter what brokenness is going on in your life, the chief thing is who you are. Who do you belong to? Whose servant are you? I am your servant. And then, then she finishes out. As you've spoken, let it be done unto me. Practice that. Just what you said, let it be done unto me. I'm almost done. Say it again. Lord, as you've spoken, let that be done to me. Now, when you speak those words, whose servant you are and whose charge you're in, then what happens? A whole, you bring, you shift a whole host of heaven and you shift a whole host of circumstances to take whatever you're doing, dealing with and make it glorify God. Whenever you speak those words, like Mary spoke them, in the midst of that uncertainty, in the midst of that trouble you're dealing with, you just gave heaven permission to do their thing. Are you holding up God, working and working it out? Are you the one that keeps God from breaking forth over your life the way he wants to? Because you haven't decided to be his servant. Are you the reason why your situation keeps turning upside down, inside out, and why you take two steps forward and ten steps back? I want to promise you this morning, I want to promise you in this first new eyes that God Almighty has the power to shift everything for you. To turn everything for his glory. No matter how ridiculous, look at your neighbor and say, no matter how ridiculous it is. And no matter how ridiculous you look. No matter how crazy it seems. He can turn it around. So let me give you, I, I, normally I put it up for you. Maybe I'll do it next week. Check it out. I'm, I'm going to list just some quick things, what God says about you. I am a child of God. John 1 says it. I am God's workman. Actually, workmanship is masterpiece. I am totally and completely forgiven. I am God's child. Jesus is my friend. Mm. I am a whole new person with a whole new life. I am, I am a place where God's spirit dwells. I am totally and completely forgiven. I'm created in God's likeness. I'm a citizen of heaven. I am greatly loved. So when you, look, when you know that God has spoken these things over your life, then you can say, so be it unto me, just like you've spoken. 
Tap your name and say, you need to learn how to agree with God's word. And quit listening to the voices of fear and doubt. I would put it up on the board. I'll do it next week. Write it down. When, here, here's what I want you to go home with. When you don't understand what God is doing, remember what God has spoken. When you don't understand what God is doing, remember what God has spoken. When you don't understand what God is doing, remember what God has spoken. When I don't understand, when I don't get it, then speak, remember what he said. Look at your neighbor, speak to him. When I don't understand what God is doing, then I remember what God has spoken. Ooh, finally, one of the person looking right in the face said, when you don't understand what God is doing in your life, then remember what God has spoken. And then say, may it be done to me according to your word. Clap your hands and give him praise right now. Just bless his name right now. Come on, clap like you love him. For I know the plans I have for your life, not for calamity, but for good, for prosperity. I, I know exactly what I'm planning for you. I know exactly what I'm taking you through. I know the destination. So when you don't get what's happening, remember what he said. Bow your heads right there. So in this first story, um, God uses this girl promises her what could not have ever happened. And then, did you hear what the Lord said about that baby she's going to carry? He'll be son of the most high. He will sit on the throne of his father David. And as far as his kingdom is concerned, there will be no end. Lord, you're about to make me the mother of the eternal king? Lord, you're about to take me out of my impoverished situation? Lord, you're about to turn my life around in such a way that there will never be a question of my status. I don't know how you do that. So I'm not going to try to answer how you're going to do it. I'm going to believe that you will do it. So be it unto me, Lord. So be it unto me according to your word. Father, I'm praying for those who are in the middle of a plot twist and turn right now. And they just don't get it. I mean, they're, they're feeling like, Lord, I don't know what to do. I just, it's so hard. And the Lord, I just went through an encounter. How could it be so hard after I was so high? Lord, I need you. I'm in it. I need you to do something in my heart.
So Lord, I'm going to preempt it all and I'm going to say, I am your servant. I belong to you. If you want to do this, Lord, I belong to you. Because I trust you. The basis of all righteousness is faith. Trust in God. Not right actions. The basis of righteousness is not right actions. The basis of righteousness is faith. And by believing, God changes your actions. If you're going through something right now, this is the beginning of the Christmas season, and all the bad, negative, ugly memories begin to rise up in front of you, and things start going haywire, it's feeling like they're out of your control, but you've already said yes to God, but you're dealing with it. You said, Bishop, whew, I'm in a twist right now, please. Now, I, I want... I want to ask you to exercise a little courage this morning and come and stand in the face, or not in the face, but stand here before your brothers and sisters who've all been there too. Would you come now in the name of Jesus? You can just get up where you are and just make your way here. I want to pray. We're going to pray for you. Some proclamations that need to be made. God's going to shift everything and blow your mind. He didn't come to you like he came to you earlier for no reason at all. He comes because he has a plan in mind. And I got to tell you, you can't get through, you can't get to God's plan until you go through the, the twists and turns. But what takes you through the twists and turns is your faith, your proclamation. You say, Lord, I'm your servant. I'm your servant. As you've spoken, so be it. Stand on your feet, brothers and sisters, and stretch your hands toward these. Give us new eyes, Heavenly Father. Give us new eyes to see. Give us new eyes to see. We need you, Lord. Some things that you need to come into grips with. Can you take one step forward, those of you that have come to stand in this altar today? Thank you so much. Thank you for bringing some team members to stand behind in support of prayer for these that have the courage to say, Lord, I need this. What's powerful is, oh, if you could see the picture on the other side. Ooh, if you just knew what God had and has in store. Oh my God, talk about change your life real some of you know the glorious time we had together last week and some of you should also know that walking in that summons some other kinds of opposition and situations when you go through what you go through to try to make you feel like what God did for you and through you to you didn't matter it's a lie. It's a lie. Thank you, team, for standing behind these in the name of Jesus. Raise your hands in this house, men and women of God. Stretch your hands towards these or in this altar today. Because you know, he, doesn't, he did not lie to you. His truth is, is, his truth is still the truth. In the name of Jesus, Father.
I thank you for what you've spoken over your servants. Thank you, Lord, for your holy presence. Praise you, Heavenly God, Heavenly Father, for your mighty strength to stand in the middle of it. Thank you for the power. Thank you for striking our memory that we might remember what you said. That we may agree, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that we may agree with what you proclaimed over our lives. We want to be like your servant Mary who is asked to carry the biggest, most, the greatest, most important package in the world. Surely we can carry your purpose for us. While we walk through what we're walking through, Lord, we declare in the name of Jesus that we are your servants. We are your servants. You bought us with a price. It was your blood that was spilled out for us. You came to us. You called us. You drew us out of many deep waters. You took our feet off that shifting, shaky sand and put our feet on the rock, his name, Jesus. Lord, we're declaring today that we are your servants. I bless you and I praise you, Heavenly Father. For every, every promise that is attached to being your servants. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for sending forth your mighty host. Thank you for your mighty hand that stands against everything that stands against you. I praise you, Heavenly Father. I thank you for all that you've done. I bless your holy name. We are your servants. Come on, tell the Lord that I am your servant, Lord. Come on, tell him again, I'm your servant. Tell him I'm your woman, I'm your man, whatever applies to you. I'm your man, I'm the man you call, I'm the woman you call. You're, I'm the one you put your hand on. I didn't come to you, you came to me. And I said yes. I said yes, and I don't take it back. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, the will you're working out for me, let it be done to me according to your word. Let it be done to me according to your word. It's okay to tell the Lord that this morning. Let it be done to me according to your word. According to your word, I will stand. I will bear it. I will, I will hold it. I will keep what you're giving me. I will keep what you've told me. I won't let it go. I won't let the pressure of criticism or negativity or, or temptation or lack. Or, I will not let it keep me from what you promised and what you spoke. So be it unto me according to your word. Oh God, I bless you. I praise you. I thank you, Lord. It needs to come out of your mouth because when you start confessing what I'm talking about in the midst of situations, then walls start crumbling down. Doors start opening. The presence starts to flow. Healing becomes now possible and available. Negative situations start turning around when you make the confession. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I need somebody to give him praise up in this place today. Just because he is who he is. 
I need you to pray.